adjectives, something that's meant to enhance and describe are actually creating unnecessary strain on the relationship that moms have with their children, their partners, and each other. It is so dumb. Welcome to the Cook Who Can't Eat podcast, where we're making food, family, and life a little easier, one bite at a time. Hello, my friend. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm a mom. I'm not an adjective. Adjectives are meant to enhance and describe a word, and the word mom needs no help. It's a sentence and a description all on its own. Historically, women have been expected and encouraged to prioritize caregiving and domestic responsibilities, while men have been encouraged and expected to pursue financial opportunities. Dads who work outside of the home are often praised for their ambition in their career and being able to provide for their family. Dads who choose to stay at home are seen as progressive and involved in their children's lives. This is due in part to the fact that society for a long time has viewed a father's involvement in parenting or household and domestic responsibilities as optional or extra. They are often referred to as babysitters rather than partners in parenting. Meanwhile, a mother's involvement is seen as expected, essential, and non-negotiable. As a result, moms are judged by their adjectives when dads aren't. So why? Why are moms judged by their adjectives in a way that dads aren't? Well, the biggest reason is some of those gender roles and expectations I just talked about, but they are so deeply ingrained in our society that fathers, regardless of their adjective, are not subject to the same level of scrutiny as moms. The impact of these adjectives and labels being put on moms is significant. We are judged and criticized for every decision we make. And no matter what we choose, there's always someone right there ready to help us feel guilt, shame, or doubt ourselves. Hands and describe are actually creating unnecessary strain on the relationship that moms have with their children, their partners, and each other. It is so dumb. Society expects us to be perfect, selfless, and to always put our families first, but offers no real support in accomplishing that. How many times have you been asked, so who's home with the kids, or who takes care of the kids while you are working, traveling, even just out for a drink with friends? It doesn't matter what your adjective is because you have probably been asked this question almost as many times as you've been introduced to someone new. Now, how many times do you think your husband or co-parent can ask that same question? Title VII of the Civil Rights Act was drafted in 1964. But at that time, it only included protection from discrimination against race, color, religion, and national origin. It wasn't until 1967 that by executive order, it was amended to protect against discrimination based on gender. In 1971, the Supreme Court voted unanimously that denying a woman a job because she was a mom was a violation of her civil rights. However, as of today, 
parents are still not considered a protected class. So while employers can't discriminate against sex, they can get away with discriminating against parents or let's be honest, moms. There is a cultural narrative that paints motherhood as this like ultimate goal for all women. And it's become the yardstick we measure us all with. And we're often judged based on whether or not we decide to work outside of the home. In 2013, just before my divorce, I was traveling for work and I had the following interaction with a man on my flight. As we were waiting to deboard, he looks at me and says, do you live in Atlanta? I replied, no, actually I live in Phoenix. Him, are you here on vacation then? No, I'm traveling for business. Him, but you have a wedding ring on, aren't you married? Yes, but I travel for my job. Doesn't your husband work? I'm sure he can provide just fine. Not that it's any of your business, but I'm actually the primary income. Him. Okay, but I'm sure he will be able to provide once you are more supportive of him. So when are you going to start having kids? Because clock's ticking. I actually have two kids. His reaction? Then you should not be traveling for your job if working at all. I am sure there is a man in your company that can travel for you and do your job much better since I am sure you are always distracted. You know, in movies where you see people like freeze and then you see into their brain where they're like imagining someone just being pulverized. That was what was going through my head. Luckily, the very sweet flight attendant who I chatted with through most of the flight because I can't sleep on planes kind of grabbed me and said, hey, Holly, come here for a second. I want to talk to you about something. I waited with her and was one of the first ones to deboard the plane to get away from that gentleman. Not that I can really call him a gentleman. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? He was searching not only for an adjective, but he felt entitled to judge me, tell me how I should be living and what I should be doing based off that adjective. He didn't know me. He didn't know my situation. He didn't know my family. It was an adjective. These adjective-based biases run deep and cause too much unnecessary pain around something as wonderful as motherhood. According to a study by the Pew Research Center, 72% of American mothers with children under the age of 18 work outside of the home, while 26% are stay-at-home moms. Now, Harvard Business Review actually found out that working mothers are often judged more harshly than their male counterparts and viewed as less committed to both their jobs and their families. Since parents aren't a protected class, many parents, usually mothers, face a lot of discrimination and bias when it comes to their pay equity and career advancement. It's actually called the maternal wall. Before I had to stop working, I discovered that my employer was paying me a base salary that was 20% less than my male counterpart in the exact same role with the exact same qualifications. I did some digging and it started to look like most female employees at my level, and there weren't a lot of us, made significantly less than our male counterparts and mothers made even less than that. 
I asked my original manager who was no longer with the company why there is such a pay discrepancy. They told me that while no one wants to say it, it was common and based on the belief that most women want to become or are moms. Since I was a mom, I would probably be distracted by my large family and therefore unable to do the same amount of work, even though I was in the same position with the same goals and the same expectations. In fact, I actually had more responsibility than my male counterpart. The Journal of Family Issues concluded that moms who work outside of the home are often subject to criticism and blame for their children's perceived problems, things such as behavioral issues or academic struggles. They're also perceived as being less involved in their children's lives. While stay-at-home moms, although seen as fulfilling their maternal responsibilities, often get lost. People forget that these women have education and interests outside of being a mom and that they are still their own unique individual. It can be extremely difficult and it has a huge impact on their mental health. My career required a lot of travel, conferences, meetings, and since I was in IT, not sure how else to say it, but a lot of male egos and judgment. While at a conference, I had an executive pull me aside for a brief meeting and he got HR on the phone. I got real serious, real quick. My stomach just dropped and I'm going through my head trying to think like, what in the world could I have done? Am I about to get fired? Did something happen? Like, oh my God, did someone die? I had no idea. They explained that they just wanted to bring something to my attention. It was a question I had been asking. When meeting new people, sometimes the subject of kids would come up. I refused to hide the fact that I was a mom. I'm proud that I'm a mom. I love being a mom. Nine times out of 10, I would get the question, who's home taking care of your kids or who's watching them while you're here? I hate that question. <laughs> but I almost always got it. And if I knew they were married, I started asking them, what does your wife do? This was what the company executive and HR wanted to discuss with me. Their feedback, apparently this question was too personal, could make others uncomfortable and came across negatively, especially if their wife was a stay-at-home mom. What? Every time someone responded with, oh, she stays home with our kids or she's home full time. My response was always something like, oh, that's so great. That's wonderful for her and your kids. They're at such a fun age, something along those lines. And if they said a job or a role or a position that she had, followed up with a, that's great. That's interesting. Does she love it? Oh, that really sounds fun. Kind of the same answers. I expressed my confusion, but was advised to just stop asking that question so that no one feels uncomfortable. To this day, I still see nothing wrong with that question or my responses and have said them hundreds of times. Before we ended this meeting, I asked them if they would be preventing others from asking me, who's home with your kids or who's taking care of your kids while you travel? They were obviously not expecting me to ask that question. So after a moment, I was told that I should know they can't control the behavior of others. And if I was that sensitive to a question like that, maybe I shouldn't attend conferences. It was then followed up with, is this just an emotional response to getting some negative feedback? Come on. All of this because of adjectives.
I am still not sure if I'm more baffled by the fact that they had no problem with others trying to question or judging my working adjective or that they felt that stay at home was a description that for some reason needed protecting. By the way, not once were any of these men asked what their adjective was. It's important to point out that the media plays a big role in shaping these perceptions of motherhood. Stay-at-home moms are often depicted as the perfect homemaker with immaculate houses and well-behaved children, while working mothers are portrayed as neglectful or frazzled, basically a hot mess. Women should be free to make the choice that works best for them and their families. Working or staying at home are adjectives that don't make sense. All mothers are working mothers. All mothers are stay-at-home mothers. The only word that matters is mom. No adjective needed. Let's talk about the adjective step. Approximately 14 million families in the U.S. alone with kids under the age of 18 include a stepmom. According to Step Family Foundation, 1,300 new step families are formed every day in the United States. That's a lot of women who are taking on a mothering or maternal role for children who are not biologically their own. Have you seen Working Moms? It's on Netflix. Go binge it. It's fun. There's a scene in season six where one of the main characters, Kate, is trying to adjust to life with a teenage stepson that no one knew existed until he showed up on their doorstep. This poor kid was trying to navigate the grief of his mother's unexpected passing, moving to a new city with a dad he thought was dead, having a stepmom, and living with two much younger half-siblings. And while this was a difficult time in all their lives, that stepson was putting Kate through the ringer. And I'm sorry to say, happens all the time. <laughs> In the episode, Warm Lunch, Kate's stepson presents a big challenge as they're getting ready to leave for school one morning. He explained how his real mom always packed a hot lunch that was somehow still warm at lunchtime but never soggy. He suggested that maybe Kate should take some time and look into that. That afternoon, the school calls and asks Kate to come in because her stepson choked at lunch. The story from the school nurse was that he was so used to a warm lunch that when he bit into a room temperature sandwich, his throat seized up and he choked. I mean, come on. As the school nurse is explaining this very unbelievable phenomenon, Kate asks her if this could potentially be more of a grief slash hating your new stepmom thing rather than his throat actually easing and closing up from room temperature bread. By the way, that's 1000% exactly what it was. <laughs> With a lot of condescension, the nurse explained that part of being a good stepmom is giving them what they need without judgment. She even had Kate finish the sentence. In this case, what he needed was... The school nurse then assured Kate, don't worry, you'll get the hang of this mom thing in no time never considering the fact that she already had two kids. If the nurse had been a man, this would have been a textbook definition of mansplaining. Essentially, Kate was being told that a stepmom was apparently no longer allowed to have opinions, boundaries, questions, and unless she did things just like his real mom, she was failing. I wanted to scream at the TV and throw something at it. 
there is a woman who started and owns a large PR company. She has two kids, a husband, friendships, and now a teenage boy and is giving him everything she can only to be judged and told she's failing by someone who knows nothing about her other than her adjective step. I get it in the show, the stepson is grieving. However, in real life, this kind of behavior from both the stepson and the nurse happens all the time, all the time. Why? Because the adjective is step instead of bio. Being a stepmom can be incredibly challenging. It requires navigating complex relationships and emotions and often dealing with difficult family dynamics. Yet stepmoms are typically overlooked, undervalued, and it's just assumed that their love and dedication to their stepkids is somehow less significant simply because of their adjective. But it's not just step parenting that leads to these harmful labels. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, in 2020, there were around 10 million single mothers living with children under the age of 18 in the U.S. These women are raising children alone. They often face financial, emotional, and social challenges that can be overwhelming. Yet instead of offering them support, help, or compassion, society often judges them and just assumes that they've made some poor choice and they're inadequate in some way. The Journal of Marriage and Family found that single mothers are often stigmatized as being unable to provide a stable and nurturing environment for their children and blamed for being in that situation. This was a hard adjective for me to discuss. When I had my daughter, I was a young single mom. None of my friends had kids and social media wasn't really a thing. I was very isolated. I was very alone. And it felt like I was just bumbling around in the dark for a light switch that didn't exist. And there was no one in that room to help me. There was such a negative stigma around being a single mom that I was determined that neither I nor my daughter could ever be described with those stereotypes. I cannot begin to explain to you the amount of pressure and stress I put on myself, my daughter, and those around me trying to reach some imaginary version of perfection. I had to be a perfect mom and dad. She had to be perfect. Everything had to be perfect. And anything with an imperfection should be hidden away and guarded with your life. So much of me and my life was hidden away because I was afraid of being judged by the word single. Needless to say, perfection is impossible. And all that creates is this constant feeling of failure, which makes it really hard to grow as a person or as a parent. I can't tell you how much I wish I could go back and tell myself some of these things. Moms nowadays have social media. You can get online, find support, and you can realize that these feelings aren't just you. I didn't have that. That wasn't around 21 years ago. When did the adjective single become negative? While single moms may not have a partner, what matters is they are still moms. Divorced moms also are often subject to some very harsh judgment and criticism. Whether they chose to end the marriage or not, they can be seen as broken or damaged in some way and face challenges while they're trying to rebuild their lives and care for their children. 
successful married mothers, whether they're in a happy marriage or not, are often considered more qualified to be a mom based on this one factor alone. A woman's marital status has nothing to do with her ability to love and care for her children. We should be celebrating and supporting all mothers, regardless of their relationship status. Married, single, separated, divorced. These are checkboxes on forms, not adjectives that should describe a mom. We all need to recognize that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to motherhood, and we need to honor and celebrate their unique experiences and challenges regardless of their adjectives. Being a mom is one of the most challenging and rewarding jobs in the world. While we've come a long way in recognizing the importance of moms, the value they play in raising kids and in society, we are still categorized and judged. Bio, step, working, stay-at-home, grand, adoptive, foster, single, married, divorce, so many more. These labels are just creating friction. They create a false assumption of a mother's qualifications and parenting abilities by trying to reduce her identity and worth to a single adjective. When we do this, we are ignoring the complexity and the diversity of motherhood. Mother's Day is coming up and it's time to recognize that everyone in a motherly maternal role who are loving, dedicated caregivers helping to raise good humans deserve respect and support. You should know that you are doing an amazing job and you are so much more than just an adjective. You're a mom. Up next is my recipe for cinnamon roll monkey bread. With Mother's Day coming up, this is a perfect dish for brunch. for being here, my friend. I'm so glad you were able to join me. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform because you're not going to want to miss the next episode where we're going to talk about nurses.